Welcome, everyone, to the ProWrestling.net SmackDown All Access Podcast. My name is Chris Short, and joining me, as always, is Jake Barnett. We bring this audio review of SmackDown to you each and every week right here on ProWrestling.net for your listening pleasure. But it is not the only audio that we bring to you each and every week. We do a ton of audio on the site for our members. Jason Powell does a weekly WWE Raw audio breakdown. Will Pruitt comes along and does a TNA Impact Wrestling audio breakdown. Will and uh, Jake get together every week to do the .NET Countdown, talking about the best and the worst in professional wrestling each week. I do a weekly show I call the Audio Slant. We look at some current events, talk about some of the best things in, re- in wrestling uh, throughout history. We talk about some things that have happened in history, your best bike workers, your best sellers in history. Um, sometimes do a DVD review, kind of a jack-of-all-trades audio show, if you will. Jason Powell comes along on Friday and answers member questions in his weekly Q&A audio. Those are wrestling and non-wrestling questions on a variety of subjects. And then Jason Powell and I team up every Thursday for our flagship audio show. We call it .NET Weekly. It's your news of the week in review. We often break new news that hasn't even made its way to the site yet. And we do that each and every week, along with various interviews, all the audio we've ever done for the site. All of that is available. If you like what you hear tonight and you want to check out some of those other audios, you need to be a .NET member, and it's a great time to sign up as we head into WrestleMania. Just 30 days away from WrestleMania as of the airing of this SmackDown this week. And if you want to be a member and check those audios out, all you need to do is head over to ProWrestling.net. Look on the right-hand side of the page for the .NET member sign-up link. Click there and we'll get you started. $7.50 a month if you want to take the 30-day monthly renewal. If you want to sign up for the whole year, $5.50 a month. We take 2 bucks off each month, maybe 24 bucks across the course of the year. And, again, it's the best time to sign up right now. A lot of news breaks this time of year as we head into WrestleMania, and most of that stuff goes on our member site which is ad-free. So, again, if you want access to the audio, if you want access to the ad-free version of the site and see some of that breaking news first before it goes on the free site, plus access to our .NET Members Forum and .NET Members Blog page, just head on over to ProWrestling.net and click on that .NET Members Sign-Up link. Jake, we are 30 days away from WrestleMania as of the airing of this. It did air on March the 2nd. It was taped on February the 28th in Seattle, Washington, uh, so we got four weeks. It was 28 days from this Sunday, four weeks until WrestleMania. And we know that the SmackDown, the go-home SmackDown for WrestleMania, you know, usually we get one, maybe two matches. There's usually very, very little, if any, storyline involved in that show. We see a lot of video from the week of Access, the WrestleMania Access week that goes on leading into Mania. A lot of videos that you know, hype the biggest matches. We'll get a Rock and Cena match. Uh, video package, we'll get a Hell in a Cell, Undertaker, Triple H package, and the others. So really, there's only three SmackDowns left, counting this one, to hype whatever SmackDown's going to do for WrestleMania. So I will open the show with a question to you, probably the same question I'll ask over the next few weeks. Did WWE make good use of their two hours of television tonight to sell WrestleMania 20th? Uh, I, it's kind of a sleepy show, man. I mean, it, I, I didn't think they did a whole lot, period. I mean, it, they kind of nibbled around the edges of, uh, of Sheamus and Daniel Bryan. They had some, uh, you know, they did announce, uh, you know, Cody Rhodes versus the big show for the Intercontinental title. So that has to be the, you know, kind of the biggest moment regarding WrestleMania on the show. And, uh, you know, that being said, the rest was the, 
which just kind of felt like filler material for the most part. I mean, it, you know, they, they maintained some storylines. They kind of nibble around the edges of a couple of others. But there, this really wasn't a, a momentous show, and it, it's really surprising to me that we're not seeing a little bit more movement and a little bit more urgency on these WWE broadcasts. Yeah, it was a weird show for me. We've talked many times that, uh, you know, the, the better shows, the really exciting shows, you look up and you're like, oh, wow, we're at the end of the show. And then the shows that are really bad, you're like, oh, my God, it's quarter two. <laughs> How am I ever going to make it through the end of two hours? And for me, the show moves quickly. Now, part of it is, is that I was, I, I almost fell asleep at one point in, in the middle of one of the segments because it just, it wasn't keeping my attention. But it wasn't bad either. It was kind of funny. There was nothing really to, to, to hate on. There was very little to point at and go, oh, my God, why did you do that? That's terrible. But there wasn't anything to get really excited about either. It just kind of happened, and there it was. Like you said, the, the big news coming out would be Cody Rhodes versus the big show for the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania. And nibbled around the edges, I like the way you put that for Daniel Bryan and Sheamus. You know, they hinted, Sheamus talked about it a little bit. Bryan talked about it a little bit. But both guys were involved in matches away from each other, didn't have any sort of face-to-face confrontation at all. Then we got the beginnings of what will apparently be another singles match at WrestleMania, at least a guess right now, of Randy Orton and Kane. So not a lot, you know, not a lot here to, to work with. And it's, you know, when, when you look at the fact that you've got three shows left after this one, and one of them is a, is a throwaway show. It's going to be, again, almost 99% video packages and, uh, whether it's match hype or just showing access or whatever. It's not going to be anything on that show really to hype for WrestleMania other than just general hype for WrestleMania. No any sort of advancement. you only got two SmackDowns left. You've got a, a world heavyweight title match that doesn't have a whole lot of traction right now. It, it's just Sheamus won the Royal Rumble. Sheamus won the Royal Rumble, easy for me to say, and wants to fight Daniel Bryan. That's the guy he picked. And Daniel Bryan has to defend, and that's why he's in the match. And there's there's just nothing being done with that. We have, you know, the Intercontinental title match, which arguably has had a better build to it than Sheamus versus Daniel Bryan. And now this random Kane versus Randy Orton that seems to be coming together. It wasn't a very impressive show. Let, let's talk about what we did get for WrestleMania quickly. What did you think? What, what you know? Do you like the idea of Cody Rhodes versus Big Show uh, at WrestleMania 28? Well, I, you know, I, I like Cody Rhodes, and I think the Big Show has been actually pretty good lately. So, uh, you know, I'm not disappointed in this match at all. I, I, uh, you know, I guess if you're a fan of the Big Show, you're you're probably you know kind of wondering why he's so excited about the Intercontinental Title when he's been you know competing for the World Heavyweight Title pretty much since he's uh, reappeared on television. But if once you get past that, I think it's a pretty engaging feud, and I think both characters you know are in a pretty good place right now. Yeah, I'm hoping that the excitement comes from just wanting to, to hurt Cody because of the, the way Cody is, you know, kind of dogging him about his WrestleMania history and showing these embarrassing video clips, supposedly, and uh, and that the Intercontinental tie-in to it is that, you know, hey, it's just another way to hurt Cody is to take away that thing that he loves so much. Uh, but, I mean, are, let's take just the title part of it. Are you happy to see an Intercontinental title match on WrestleMania? We don't always get that. I, I know I, I, I am in the crowd that says we should every single year at least have an Intercontinental title match. It's not an Intercontinental and U.S. title match. So are you at least happy to see the title, you know, featured in some way on WrestleMania? Yeah, I mean, Cody, uh, you know, kind of made a part of this uh, 
this latest character run he's been on that he's trying to restore prestige to the Intercontinental title. So, I mean, I guess, you know, if he gets a win at WrestleMania, you know, that's another notch for him and it adds a little bit of legitimacy to the Intercontinental title. So, uh, yeah, I'm happy they're competing for it. And if, uh, you know, if the big show is going to take that aspect of the storyline seriously, I think it, uh, it helps the Intercontinental title. Do you uh, do you agree with me that that's had a better build than Sheamus and Bryan, at least at this point? Not that it will ultimately have the best build, but snapshot in history right now, March the 2nd, do you think it's had a better build than the World Title match? Yeah, I mean, thus far, it's definitely had more attention paid to it. I still don't get the impression from Bryan or Sheamus that they're, you know, all that personally invested in the storyline. I mean, it's, uh, it, it seems like, that you know, mostly, you know, just, structured the way that the Royal Rumble and WrestleMania work out that these two are, you know, kind of headed on a collision course. But uh, hopefully they can add some, you know, something personal to it over the next couple of weeks. Cause, you know, Brian is the kind of character that can get underneath people's skin, and that's kind of like, that's what I want to see out of this view, and I hope they still get there. What about Kane and Randy Orton? And granted, that's not been announced, but it certainly looks like that's where they're going. Kane attacks Randy Orton at the end of the show and in the middle of Orton's match with Daniel Bryan. Orton back from whatever injury he was out for the Elimination Chamber for. There's uh, speculation that it was an actual concussion, and they just used the title shot um, to uh, to cover up for that. Uh, some speculation that he was just in his back was still hurt from where he was out before. With uh, that they used the the Wade Barrett stair spot that did not hurt his back. That was a cover to give him time to go heal. Concerned that he was going to be out for some months after that ended up being something uh, he was able to return from quickly. Some people seem to think that he came back too quick and needed a few more weeks and uh, you're wrecking his back on that brutal, brutal, brutal match. That is, you know, the Elimination Chamber match, say what you want about it. It's, it's not a favorite of the guys in the back. There's no question about that. That is a hard uh, match to compete in and that steel on the outside. I, I mean, we've seen CM Punk come out of that with just, I mean, just looking brutal uh, or being looking like he's in brutal eyes, just march all over him and everything else. So whatever it was, he was out of the chamber and, and he was able to return and it looks like they're going to work uh, him against Kane at WrestleMania. I know Jason Powell was the guy that wanted to see Kane versus Zack Ryder. What do you think about Kane versus Orton at WrestleMania? Well, I, I think Randy Orton deserves a spot on this card. I mean, he had an excellent 2011, and, uh, you know, I've, I've been a fan of his work since his move to SmackDown. So I, I really would like to see a Randy Orton match on the card. I, I haven't had a hard time getting excited about a match with Kane, though. It, you know, they, they both wrestle rather methodical styles and uh you know it, it just seems like a chemistry that that you know i suppose if they gimmick it enough it could work but if they're going to try to work a straight match i think it could be pretty plotting and and uh you know be tough to pace on a wrestlemania show so uh you know and from a storyline sense they're, they're, you know i guess we'll see how it plays out we don't really know what it is yet yeah, you uh, you said something about gimmicking it out. You kind of read my mind there for my next question. Do you think it'll be a straight match, or do you think this this becomes some sort of a gimmick match of no holds barred, no DQ, something along those lines? Yeah, with with Kane at WrestleMania, with the character he's currently playing, I, I just can't see them just send him out there to have a, a straight up wrestling match. I I have to imagine this will end up being some kind of gimmick, and you know, just just based on what we've seen from these two in the past. I mean, they've worked together before. It was a pretty pretty slow match to watch. So I think the the more they can work in gimmicks, the uh, the more crowd pleasing it'll probably end up being. Yeah, I, I, I gotta agree with you that I, I think Randy deserves a, a spot on this card. He did have a great 2011. He, he came over 
uh, has a great feud with Christian that went too long, but that wasn't his fault. They just ran out of things to do with Christian and, and couldn't figure a way to, to transition off of that. When they did, the guy started doing business and putting people over. He made a whole bunch of guys look good uh, in late summer and early fall, heading into Mark Henry's title run. Uh, and even after that, as, as he transitioned away from the title picture. So, yeah, he, he definitely deserves the WrestleMania payday. And I'm also with you that I don't know that Kane's the best match for him, but, you know, who else do you, do you put him with? And I, and I will uh, toss that last question out there to you. Is if, if it's not Kane, you know, who else do you put Orton out there with? I, I mean, obviously, I, Dolph Ziggler say probably would give him a better match, and that's something I would, I would personally see. But as far as Marquee goes, Who's left, when you look at the top matches that are already booked, who's left really for Horton to work with that has any sort of name recognition? Why not Mark Henry? Uh, that would have been my choice. I, I would have gone with Henry. But, you know, I, I'm just such a fan of Henry that it's probably clouds my judgment. I mean, well, at least what what was Mark Henry a couple of months ago. I, I don't know if I'm such a fan of the guy that's losing in, in five minutes. But, um, you know, I, I, I would I would say that if you wanted to, you know, to reward both of those guys for the excellent years they had. I think Mark Henry and, and Orton could tear it up at WrestleMania if they wanted to. Well, let's go through this show. We'll probably move through it pretty quickly because, as you said, there's a lot of filler here, a lot of sub-two-minute matches. And, you know, what do you say about a, a match that's a minute and 40 seconds? It, it, it happened, and, and there you go. Right, so we're, we probably will we'll move through this fairly quickly. And that's, you know, just as an editorial on that real fast, it's very frustrating knowing you're three weeks out from WrestleMania or four weeks out from WrestleMania, and you have all these minute 45 matches that mean absolutely nothing. They're just taking up segment space. I, you know, I, if the Rocks promo hadn't been so bad, I would have almost rather have had that full replay like they used to do with time. But uh, but they, we did see that again tonight on top of everything else. So just it's like here are these, here's the two things SmackDown's going to do and then just find a bunch of other crap to throw in there. And that's what the show felt like this week. We opened with a video recapping Daniel Bryan attacking Randy Orton on Raw a few weeks ago at the end of his match with Big Show, hitting him in the back of the head with a title, uh, pointing out that it kept him out of the elimination chamber, and hyping Randy's return tonight to get his revenge. We get the standard opening of the show, opening video, and Pyro, Josh Matthews, Michael Cole, and Booker T. Check in on commentary, and Sheamus' music hits immediately. Uh, he comes to the ring for a promo. He said, since winning the Royal Rumble, all he could think about was Performing at WrestleMania and being, being in front of 80,000 fans and the millions watching around the world on television or uh, on pay-per-view, he put over the show. And, uh, you know, at the same time, he said he also couldn't wait to, to face Daniel Bryan. He was looking forward to to, to, to working Bryan because he said that Bryan had, had changed since he had won the championship. He had become conceited and arrogant. And he reminded, Sheamus and Bryan reminded him of himself that, you know, last, when he won the WWE title for the first time, he did the same thing. He became very arrogant and conceited, and he turned into the thing that he hates more than anything, a bully. Because he needed somebody uh, who was there to smack him around and knock his block off and to get his head straight, and that's exactly what Daniel Bryan needed, too, and he was going to be that guy. He said, at WrestleMania, he was going to kick Bryan's ass and take his title away. Vicky Guerrero does her excuse me gimmick at that point and comes out, I I noticed this, you know, not for nothing, but it seems that she has to work a little bit harder now to get that, you know, used to be, she said, excuse me, the place went nuts. Now it takes her two or three times to really get the crowd ginned up. I think some of the shine's coming off of her. Just because, and not any of her fault, just because they haven't used her as well as they have in the past. Her and Zimmer come out onto the stage, and Mickey comes out and says, oh, you know, that was such a great story, Seamus. My favorite part was when you quit talking. 
Then was at the mic and said if Seamus wanted to give the people what they wanted, what they really wanted was to show off Dolph Ziggler. Uh, he kind of looked at Seamus and said, hey, man, it looks like your head's on fire. Seamus at this point fired an insult at Vicky. I, I missed what it was. I got distracted by something real quick, but when I turned back around, Vicky was yelling at me. Do you remember what it was he said to her? Uh, well, Ziggler made the crack about his hair. And, right. uh, and then I think he said that uh, that joke's almost as old as your grandma, Vicky, there. I got you. Okay. I, I missed what it was. I just heard her you know, screaming and doing her insulted yeah. bit. Um, yeah. Vicky started, and then they made a real hard turn and, and started talking about John Laurinaitis and Teddy Long and how, you know, somebody would be in charge of both shows soon and, um, they, they preferred John Laurinaitis over Teddy Long, but she was the only female not named McMahon to have ever been, uh, the general manager of, uh, of, of SmackDown, I think she was saying, or, and, and Teddy cut her off at that point. He came out. Uh, to, uh, you know, kind of a mixed reaction. There was a little bit of cheers and a little bit of, oh, who cares. Um, he came to the ramp. He got, he got good heat quickly by telling Vicky to, uh, to shut up and that, uh, he was going to, uh, book the first match of the evening. It was going to be Ziggler first versus Sheamus and it was going to be next. So he went into commercial break. Yeah, I thought it was a decent opening. I thought that Ziggler did okay on the mic. Vicky talked a little more than I would have liked to see for him. Sheamus was fine here. But it just seemed disconnected. You know, Seamus is out there talking about the world title, then for no reason whatsoever, Dolph Ziggler and Vicky interrupt him, and they go back and forth with him for a minute, then they make this really hard turn to, to Laurinaitis and Long. So it just, you know, it, it's it's not anything that the talent did necessarily. It just seemed to be kind of, you know, we want to hit 15 different topics in about five minutes, and, and they just crammed everything into one promo. And I don't think it worked very well. What did you think? Hello, Jake. You there? I, I, hey, I, here we go. Okay, sorry. Apologize for that. Yeah, no, I, it was definitely a uh, a confused promo. I, I thought Seamus was fine. He did uh, he did fairly well trying to uh, you know compare Brian to you know his own brash heel title run uh, when he first kind of got called up and, and and made it big after his, his initial feud with Triple H. I mean that that was a good comparison, I guess, if you were going to try to compare the character changes. Um, but yeah, that, that hard left to the, you know, to the GM storyline was, was kind of bizarre. And I mean, there really wasn't any reason for Ziggler and, and Vicky to be out there unless they were going to get booked into a match. So it kind of felt telegraphed in that regard. But yeah, I mean, it, it just kind of felt like they were trying to do too much with that opening segment. I mean, it, it, they got there, but it was, it was muddled just due to the fact that it was booked so poorly. Yeah, I mean, they, they, they turned so hard into the, into the GM storyline. You know, I thought I missed the, the insult that, that Seamus threw at Vicky, and I thought, okay, I missed something else, too. <laughs> They're just, they came out of nowhere, and it, and it didn't, you know, obviously it didn't. It was just a really hard turn. But after commercial, we had our first match of the night, Seamus defeating Dolph Ziggler with Vicky Guerrero in 8 minutes and 22 seconds. That's TV time, but I would you agree that, I mean, it looked like they had just rung the bell that maybe we missed? 10, 15 seconds of that match. Yeah, it definitely didn't look like we missed much. Uh, they yeah. were, they weren't even sweating when we got into it, so it was re- real early in the match. Yeah, usually when we join something in progress, somebody's already got somebody in the headlock. They still seem to be in that early pose stage, and, uh, and even their first actions after we came back were, were still very early match sort of stuff. Uh, the match I thought started a little bit slow. The, uh, the finish came towards the end. The crowd really got into this as it went along. 
Ziggler, um, I, the one thing I do want to point out mid-match is the, uh, when Ziggler got his, uh, got his comeback and, and, and took over on Sheamus, uh, he did it. Sheamus was coming in the ring and Ziggler pulled him backwards in between the middle and top rope and hit like a, a neck breaker type move that, you know, racked Sheamus across the bottom rope and then he bounced up and hit the top rope. I, I just thought it was a very cool looking move the way they did it. Um, but the last bit uh, ended up being a little bit overbooked, but one of the, one of the few times when overbooking works, I'm not a fan of it in general, but I thought they did a really good job here. Um, Vicky distracts the ref. She calls out, um, uh, well, first, uh, Sheamus was able to hit the Irish Curse backbreaker on, on Ziggler. I think he puts uh, Ziggler's foot on the rope. She has to crawl into the ring to grab his foot to put it on the rope. Um, then she ends up distracting the ref while calling out for Swagger. Swagger runs out, jumps up on the apron. He's in a suit and immediately gets bro kicked off of the apron, but it does allow Ziggler to hit the uh, famous and cover, and, and, and Sheamus kicked out for a, a near fall that really got the crowd hot. I mean, they were... They were already into it at this point, but they really popped big for that near fall. Um, he, uh, Ziggler waited for Sheamus to stand up. He jumped on his back and hooked him with a sleeper again, as he had tried earlier. But uh, Sheamus managed to wiggle him down and hit the Celtic cross, which is he's now calling the white noise. Uh, I'm so sick of the whole great white thing, but whatever. Uh, but he, uh, So he hits the Celtic cross with a white noise, as he's now calling it for the win. You know, I, I thought it was a really good match. We got eight minutes of, of solid time from start to finish. There was no commercial in the middle of that. Like, you know, we said we probably missed 10, 15 seconds for this match. It was a good match. It was absolutely meaningless, you know, and so there was no real drama as far as that goes. But in ring-wise, you know, I'd love to see these two get a program and, and, and light it up because they can go in the ring. Oh, most definitely. I mean, you know, Ziggler's in contention for match of the night, it seems like, every time he's out there. And, uh, you know, it's hard to complain about getting a, a nice long TV match between them. I mean, they did quite a bit in eight minutes. And, uh, yeah, I, I enjoyed it. I mean, like you said, in, in storyline terms, it was completely meaningless, but it was definitely, you know, probably the best match of the night, I would, I would say. Yeah, it's certainly, if it is this or the, or the main event, to say, and I, I believe I would get the nod for this as far as in-ring work. At least the main event has a story, so, um, but, uh, yeah, good. I mean, if you, you know, if you want to see a good match, go out of your way to see this one. It, it's worth sitting through eight minutes uh, of this. It, like, it started a little bit slow, but then as it got going, it, uh, it really picked up at the end, and, and Seattle was, was white hot for it by the end of the, uh, end of the match. We cut backstage to Teddy Long. He's walking on and talking on the phone with, uh, apparently, Oksana. He walks in his office and, and sees somebody who's there. I says, I'll sign off to call you back. The camera turns around, and sure enough, John Lord Nice, David Otunga, standing there. He said he was there for an apology. He said, he said, for what? He said, for your vicious attack on me. You shoved me down. Uh, you know, I had to go to the hospital that night. They did x-rays on my back. Fortunately, uh, it's just a lumbar strain, and Otunga said it shows, how, it shows to prove how much of a man John Lord Nice is. He told Ted that even though the criminal charges had been dropped, he was still considering civil charges. Laurinaitis said he would take a apology from Teddy instead. Teddy said he wasn't apologizing for anything. He said that a lot of people liked what he did to him on Raw. Um, they uh, they went back and forth. Uh, you know, he, he cracked a joke or something on, on Laurinaitis. Laurinaitis said, "You won't be laughing when I, you know, when I'm running your show next week." Uh, and, you know, and show you how it's done or something along those lines. Teddy, at this point, I'm just trying to stay awake because I'm going, oh, my God, here we go, because I, I hate this storyline just on principle, and the bickering is, is really worse than anything else. Teddy says he's going to show John Lornitis how to run Raw when he does it this coming week. 
And then he, he says, both you guys need to get out of my office before I put some stank on you, um, which I'm okay. Uh, Lauren I just kind of claps Teddy on the shoulder and goes, you know, you need to calm down. That, all that anger is not good for you. And those guys left and, and we cut the commercial. You know, I, I, I really, I want to, I want to like this just because I know it's going to be a big part of WrestleMania and for, for weeks to come when one of these guys takes over, but I cannot honestly, I, and, and, and it's sad for me to say this as a writer, I cannot express in words how just absolutely done I am with the whole control of the company storyline in any promotion. It's not just this specific storyline. It's I don't want to see it in TNA. I don't want to see it in ROH. I don't want to see it in Chikara. I don't want to see it in Eva. I don't want to see it anywhere. These non-wrestlers who get all this time, this airtime, to fight over control, I'm just done with it. Does that make sense? No, I, I get it, man. I mean, it's uh, it definitely feels like it's, it's played out, and it, it seems like it's just perpetually on on recycle, just you know, interchanging characters. I mean, it's it's never ending, and it doesn't matter what promotion you're watching it. And this, you know, this storyline isn't you know a particularly bad example of of this type of storyline, but it's you know, it, it just doesn't feel like it has any kind of energy or momentum. I mean, it's two guys who I you know, if if they weren't in that role, you wouldn't give two craps about either of them. So, I mean, it's uh, it's not really a storyline that I feel is going to, you know, carry my interest, but it does seem like it's, you know, it's going to head towards some kind of match at WrestleMania. So we'll have to see where it goes. Quickly, let me ask you, because Jason and I were talking about this in .NET Weekly, and I'd love to get your idea. It, it, it looks like we might get Mark Henry, Alberto Rio, Christian, um, you know, pop maybe even Dolph Ziggler, Jack Swagger, depending on, on whoever. But it looks like, you know, the, the, the heel group, the, the group that might be rallying around, um, Laurinaitis going in is, is a, is a, you know, is his name people. You know, if those guys are healthy, if Christian and Del Rio are healthy, Henry says he's 100%. He's not being used as 100% right now, but, you know, he's at least, we, we all know who Mark Henry is. Who do you think Teddy Long's going to be able to piece together? If Orton is going to work Kane in, in a singles match, Who's left on the babyface side to put together as a team that's not going to look completely ragtag for Teddy Long? Yeah, I mean, it's looking pretty grim. I mean, they don't really have a whole lot of uh, babyfaces lined up, especially that would compare to, you know, Henry Del Rio and Christian. So I guess they're they're going to have to make it work somehow. Uh, you know, there, there aren't any names that spring to mind immediately that scream like they belong in that match. I mean, it's, the, the, the roster is pretty dire right now. Yeah, I think we see Santino win that match. I mean, possibly a Zack Ryder. If, if Ryder's not going to end up working with Kane, then possibly a Zack Ryder. But outside of that, well, I got nothing. So, again, it's, it's it's not looking to be a very compelling match in WrestleMania. I hope, you know, as, as long as it's not Laurinaitis versus Long in an actual wrestling match, I, I'll, I'll get by. <laughs> I'll make do. If it's those two, who you might have to be covering Mania with, with Jason because I may not be able to make it. Um, yeah. after commercial, we get a video recapping Santino and Heat Slater backstage doing the, uh, the spinning Cobra gimmick from last week or two weeks ago, whenever it was. And our second match of the night, Santino Morella defeating Heat Slater in a minute and 54 seconds. Another one of these filler matches. You have Slater, you know, doing 100% of the offense. He goes to the top rope waiting for Santino to stand up. What Santino does, he stumbles back, falls and hits the ropes, which knocks, uh, Slater down onto the top turnbuckle. He pulls the Cobra sock out, hits the Cobra, drags it in the middle of the ring. One, two, three. We get the, the Santino celebration. Why? 
uh, your guess is as good as mine, man. I mean, you know, we, we get this stuff. Uh, we get this stuff and then, you know, bro displays an FCW. <laughs> you know, I, I don't know. Right. I don't get it, man. I, it's, uh, it, 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 you know, it, it was bad two months ago, you know, and it's bad now. I mean, Santino has a little bit of momentum, but, I mean, he's played her and he's, he's just dead. Yeah, it's, 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 I don't know, and, 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 and again, this thing with Santino I talked about in, uh, in one of my audio slants the members listened to, it, you know, it, they, they push him to the top, he, he fills that spot for Orton, he's taken seriously, and now his comedy is not as much fun as it was before that moment because you've seen him in a serious bit, you've seen him in a, you know, dire, dreadfully serious match in the Elimination Chamber and taking big bumps on the steel there. I mean, and I like Santino. I've been the guy, you know, I've always joked about hating the crowd to cheer for him because they bring him out too much at times. But I've always, as a rule, found his stuff funny and, and fun. But now I see it and it's like, but I, you know, I know, I know what you've done here recently. I, is it just me or does it seem some of that, that ha-ha has come off of him ever since appearing in the Elimination Chamber? Yeah, I mean, it, it definitely seems like they're, they're trying to play, you know, play both ways. They're trying to have the cake and eat it too. They want them to be taken seriously. And and then at the same time, he's still doing, you know, some of the comedy antics. So, you know, it, it, that's that's kind of where it gets muddled and confused, and, and that's why it's kind of hard to, you know, kind of really get a feel for what Santino is because they, they really do, you know, expect him to be able to fill both roles, and I'm not sure that that's the best long term for his character. Tragic stuff. I, I assume we'll see Santino Morella somewhere at, at, uh, at, on the WrestleMania card. Again, I think he's ultimately going to be defending Teddy as the assistant to the general manager of SmackDown. But after commercial, we get a fantastic Triple H versus Undertaker video that uh, really recaps their match from WrestleMania last year, WrestleMania 27, and, and kind of going through and, and hitting all the hot spots, the high spots within that match with different people talking, including The Rock, John Cena, uh, Edge, and, and a whole bunch of other people. You know, say, honest to God, my, my brother, who's a chef, has made a joke before talking about how good bacon is. He has said, give me two pieces of bacon and a curd, I'll make something you'll try. It's like this time of year when they go into WrestleMania, you, you could the, – the the WWE video team are literally alchemists. They can turn lead into gold. They can, not that that match was lead. I'm just saying it seems that this time of year they get motivated, and they put out the most spectacular video packages – heading into WrestleMania, and this one was so very simple, and I thought just fantastic. Did you like it? Yeah. Hey, lost you again. You there, man? Sorry. Yep, there you go. I found just I might have missed what you said a few seconds ago. Oh, I was, I was talking about the video package with Triple H and Undertaker and how, you know, it was a very simple package, but it just shows the talent that WWE has in their video crew. And I thought, even even though it was simple and just kind of, you know, gave us a quick run-through of the high spots of that match with the, the different stars talking about it, you know, it, it put great heat on the match and, and, and was, it was just a great package. Oh, yeah, I agree. That was one of the, the best video package I think we've seen for this particular uh, run towards WrestleMania thus far. I mean, the... You know, the way they kind of ran through the match worked because they, you know, they definitely clipped out the best moments. But I, I think the way they interspersed the, uh, you know, the legends and active wrestlers talking about, you know, their experience watching the match and, you know, putting it over, I, I, 
I thought it worked really well, and, you know, it does get you kind of charged up to watch the rematch. Yeah, I mean, it was funny when they when they did the spot with uh, Hunter hitting the, uh, the tombstone again. It was just – the video just put, had so much emotion and, 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 and just everything right about it that when they did it again and it kicked out, I – I almost had like a little pop moment in it, sitting here watching it. I was like, God, that was last year. I knew he was going to kick out. I, <laughs> I saw it happen live, and yet it was still they – put, they put great heat on that match. Not that it needed it, but it, it really helped. And then, of course, they hyped that Shawn Michaels will be there this Monday uh, at Raw. All indications do point to at some point, maybe this Monday or sometime in the future, but it doesn't likely we'll get him as a special guest referee for that Hell in a Cell match at WrestleMania. Of course, you'd already know that if you remember at Hurt.net Weekly this week. Uh, we cut backstage to Eve, who's checking herself out in the mirror. Natalia walks up and says that they have a match later, but she wanted to talk about something first. Eve says, what is it? She starts trashing Eve for uh, for what she did with Ryder. Uh, Eve goes, really, thank you, Natalia, for being the TMZ story of the week. Not like I haven't heard this already for a couple of weeks. She goes, you know, a lot of people think that Ryder was sweet and, and, and honest and all those things, but really, he stinks. Um, Natty turned around in a huff and uh, then... Puffed, I guess you could say. We get the, the, the fart joke, the flatulent noise. They both make faces. Natty looks horrified, and then Natty just stops and grins, this mischievous grin, and she goes, no, Eve, that stinks, and walks off, leaving Eve to sell it. I'm still aggravated by the whole farting joke and uh, or farting gimmick, and, it, it, and it's stupid here. But i got to say, Eve was so good here, compared to everything else we've ever seen from her, she was so good here that I... Like, I didn't start screaming at the television during the fart gag moment like I have every single week. I think it made it okay, but I was just so blown away by how good Eve was here that I didn't even, I couldn't even get upset like I normally have the past week. Uh, what did you think about Eve? I thought she was fantastic. Yeah, I think she's been a lot better, you know, just in this storyline. Uh, you know, it, something's clicked and, uh, you know, her, her facial expressions have been better. Uh, you know, just her demeanor has been, uh, you know, serious in a way that we haven't seen from her before. And, I, you know, I think she's kind of coming, uh, you know, into a comfort zone with this particular character. I don't think it's working for her. She was very good here. And, you know, the natty thing is, I don't know. I, it's, it's awful, but it's, uh, you know, this is probably the best application we've seen of it, if there is a good fart joke on, on WWE TV. Yeah, you, you, you hit me up on Gchat right in the middle of the show. At least Natty's not embarrassed by her farts anymore. She's embracing them, and um, I guess it's an improvement. It's, it, it's certainly better than her going, running away like she has the past few weeks. But uh, Eve was great here. I'm looking forward to see what she's got to do. It's still the Divas. They don't give us a whole lot of reason to care. Even going into the next match, your third match of the night at the commercial, Eve Torres defeating Natalia. At a minute and 44 seconds, um, this was kind of a, um, I was, it, was a, it was a weird match. The crowd died instantly. Just, I mean, just done. We're, we're done. There was no sound whatsoever. Uh, and yet they started wrestling. They had a chain wrestling go at, at the very beginning. Natalia uh, flipping around off of the arm bar. Uh, they ended up knocking each other down and both women doing a kip up at the same time. Uh, Natalia reached out to shake hands. Uh, Eve slapped her hand away and then slapped her in the face. Natty attacks her, tackles her to the ground. Eve kicks her in the leg to get her away. Uh, it hooks a ref hold that Natty manages to flip into a roll-up. She gets a two-count all that, and then the kick-out from Eve. Eve flips Natty back over and hooks her for a roll-up for the, the surprise victory. Quickly slides to the floor, and then they just kind of stare each other down. I mean, obviously, Natalia's an enhancement talent for the Divas. We've seen it with Alicia Fox and whatnot over the past few weeks. But, you know, for a minute and 44-second match, and for, certainly for a Divas match, 
inside the ropes, it was very good. But A, no reason to care. And B, the crowd starts chanting for Ryder. And yes, I thank you to uh, .NET Reader Brady, who pointed out that I said ladders, because I honestly God, I thought that's what they said. And I thought that's what Josh Matthews had said. And, I, and when he emailed me, he goes, it wasn't ladders, it was we want Ryder. Uh, not we want ladders. And, uh, I said, well, I, I, that's what, that's what the announce team said. He went back and watched it and said, no, they said Ryder too. So apparently I had an ear issue during, the, during this match. But, I mean, I was, I was, both women showed great athleticism here, but as we've talked about, no drama, just no real reason to care. Yeah, exactly. I mean, there's, there's not a whole lot more to say about it than that. I mean, you know, they've just given us the fart segment immediately beforehand and then, you know, we're supposed to go, go out there and take these women seriously as athletes. So, it, you know, it, it kind of takes some of the steam off of it. And it, it didn't help for, you know, for, with watching on the uh, on the TV that the live audience just kind of died as soon as the match started. So uh, that always kind of sucks the steam out of it, too. But it was a good effort from the women. It just didn't have a whole lot of momentum going forward. After commercial, Cody Rhodes makes his ring entrance. He comes for a promo. He uh, had a uh, – they re- Played the video that showed him helping Chris Jericho eliminate Big Show and the uh, the Battle Royal that set up the Punk and Jericho match at WrestleMania, and also played in the this storyline of Cody getting under Big Show's skin. He showed a couple of photos from uh, from Big Show, the, the Mania embarrassing moments. They showed uh, Big Show's dimpled ass from the the uh, the sumo wrestling moment. Uh, they showed a picture of him and Floyd Mayweather again. I think maybe even was him with a bloody nose. He started to go for the third thing, whatever new thing he was going to introduce when Big Show's music hit. Show came to the ring. Uh, quickly had a real nice moment for a kid. He took his uh, toboggan off, his skullcap off, put it on the kid's face, and kind of pulled it down over his whole face and played peekaboo with him real fast a couple of times. And I'm sure that kid's night was made. Probably the kid's year was made. And he was on TV doing that, plus Big Show played with him. So good for Show. Um, Cody Bale. He, he slid out of the ring, jumped over the rail, started walking up the stairs. Uh, Big Show says, Cody Wade, Cody Wade, don't leave. Come back, man. Come back to the ring. I want to see your video segment. I want to, you know, I want to watch it as pals. I mean, I, I, I can be funny at times. I, you know, I understand. I like to laugh too sometimes. And, uh, Cody just wasn't having any of it. He said, well, that's fine. If you don't want to come to me, I guess I'll have to come to you. Come get you. Uh, before he could leave the ring though, you get Teddy Long's music. Teddy comes to the ring and says, this isn't Pamplona, Spain. This can't be, I can't have you in there throwing people in the audience around like the running of the bulls. You and I have talked about this, and I'm going to give you what you want. It's official. Cody Rhodes will defend the Intercontinental Championship at WrestleMania against the Big Show. Uh, Cody kind of looked grim, but was also kind of smiling at the same time. I, I, I think he was trying to look like he was, he was okay with it. Um, it just, I, I don't think his face, whatever he was trying to do, really worked for what he was trying to do there. Uh, but Teddy said, I know you've got business to deal with with Mark Henry right now, the big show. And so he left the ring, and Mark Henry made his entrance. As we went into commercial, uh, excuse me, no, we went into the fourth match of the night, big show defeating Mark Henry in eight minutes and 49 seconds. Uh, quickly, before we get into the match, do, do you like the way that they announced the Intercontinental Championship match? It wasn't necessarily the most ta-da sort of moment, but I, I thought it was okay. It was effective. Yeah, it worked. I mean, it, it, you know, it spotlighted it and, uh, you know, definitely gave it some individual attention and that's what, you know, you want to see. I mean, you know, they've announced matches and, you know, and just slides before having, you know, the announced team, uh, do it. So it was nice that it got a presentation in the ring and, and kind of an angle surrounding it. So I thought the way that it got booked was fun and, you know, I think Cody, uh, Rhodes is especially, 
you know, kind of equipped for this type of storyline. And, and, you know, if they can uh, keep them apart until WrestleMania, I think, the, you know, fans are going to want to see Big Show get a hold of them. So I think, I think it's a good story. Do you think Big Show wins at WrestleMania? Uh, I, I'm not sure. I, uh, yeah, I could see it going both ways. I guess I don't have a strong opinion, you know, until I see a little bit more of it play out. Yeah, I think Show wins, but I think Cody somehow manages to keep the title. I, I just don't see them putting the strap on Big Show. I don't think it helps the strap. I don't think it helps Big Show. So, but I think the strap on, on, on Cody continues to help him. So, we'll see how it plays out over the next couple of weeks. If they put any stipulations on the match or whatever, I, I think it will. Uh, it'll be some sort of fluky finish or whatever. But it wasn't our fourth match again. Big Show defeating Mark Henry, 849. We had a commercial break in the middle of it. Um, all of Mark Henry from the start going into commercial. He uh, slams Big Show into um, the – I said he said the turnbuckle off, but it wasn't true. He just slammed him against that, that back pulley that the, that the turnbuckle screws into the post with uh, on the ribs, and Big Show was selling his ribs being hurt. After commercial, Cody Rhodes joins the announce team. Sits there the entire time for the, the finish on this. Mark Henry is destroying show. He ends up throwing chairs at or throwing the top part of the stairs at him. Um, they end up back at the ring. Henry's just having his way with him. Um, he uh, hits a big splash in the corner or whatever uh, for you know for a near fall. Show hits a spear. The Henry recovers pretty well from that and hits the world's strongest slam. And Big Show kicks out of the world's strongest slam on television. In a match that doesn't mean anything, the guy who invented the Hall of Fame, the guy who was the most dominant force in all of wrestling two, three months ago, gets his, his finisher kicked out of on a TV match. It, 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 at that point, I was so confused at what was going on, I didn't even know what else to say. Uh, they stand up, Big Show hits the WMD, hits the big knockout punch, sells the rib injury, crawls over to the other side of Henry, finally turns him over. No no exaggeration, it probably took him six to ten seconds to get Henry flipped over, and then Henry takes the pinfall there. Cody Rose does not get involved, nothing even after the match. That's it. That, that's the end of the match. Big Show kicking out of the World's Strongest Slam and then hitting the WMD. I, I, I was real frustrated at the end of this match. I didn't understand the clean loss on Henry again. I don't understand, you know, it's, it's when I say burying here, I don't mean, you know, buried and gone, but just this, you know, the idea of diminishing the world's strongest land. I, I, I don't get it. I understand he might be off the door soon because of his contract status, but I do not get why they're just trashing this guy. Yeah, I'm not sure either. You know, I mean, I, I, I even if they had show kick out of the world's strongest land and, and then he hits the knockout punch, you know, why, why wouldn't both guys be laid out at that point? Why wouldn't that be the time to... Send Cody into the ring to cause the DQ. I, I don't know why you have to uh, have a clean finish here at all. It just didn't seem very logical to me, especially when you know Mark Henry is not even really a part of this feud, and you know they really didn't have any purpose for Cody being on commentary other than you know he had been out there previously. So uh, you know I, I don't know. It, it just felt like the wrong finish to what had been you know actually a pretty good match up until that point. I thought Cody did a pretty good job on commentary too. He managed, you know, they, they said, well, you know, Big Show was on a winning, uh, Josh Matthews pointed out Big Show was on a winning team last year at WrestleMania and Cody said, well, you know, yes, but statistically speaking, he does not do well at WrestleMania and, and, and so I'm, I'm taking, I believe my chances are good there for that. So I, he was effective here, but yeah, I, I would have had him right in the ring. There's no reason to have this, um, the, you know, a clean finish here for Abby. Big Show doesn't really gain anything from this because Henry's been so you know, diminished so much over the past few weeks between his injury and 
You know, the job's not quite as big over the past couple of weeks, even after he's come back. I, I mean, it's very frustrating. I, I understand that the guy is on his way out the door while you job him out, but literally he was the hottest thing in wrestling just a couple of months ago, and now they they didn't use that heat to light anybody else on fire. They just turned a, a fire hose on him and extinguished him, and it, I, I, I don't get it. I, it's, it's the most frustrating thing I'm seeing on, on television right now. Backstage, they cut Teddy Long and walks up to see Drew McIntyre. He tells McIntyre this is his absolute last chance. If he doesn't win tonight, he's fired. McIntyre looks like he's going to cry. Um, you know, I, I'm sick of this storyline, too. What about you? Yeah, I don't, uh, yeah, I don't get it. I mean, it's, uh, I hope this leads to something better for Drew McIntyre because I think he's, he's a talented guy. Uh, and, you know, I think he deserves a shot. At doing something big, I mean, he kind of had his, uh, had his, you know, legs cut out from under him there for a while. But you know, I, I think he deserves a second chance, and hopefully, this is where this is going. I hope so too. I think he might be a guy who ends up turning babyface in that Laurinaitis, um, Teddy Long match. I think it's certainly a possibility there. Uh, but we get another replay of Daniel Bryan's attack on Randy Orton and Max Strikers backstage interviewing Randy Orton. Orton gets a big response from the crowd. And Orton pretty much have cut the same promo we've always heard him cut since he's come to SmackDown. And as much as we like what he's done in the ring and in stories, he's not a great, he's still not a great promo guy, in my opinion, at least in these little backstage things that they do, where it's pretty much just him, I'm going to kill everybody I see, type of situations. He said that um, Daniel Bryan had to pay big, and he had no idea how much he was going to pay for having for not only you know hitting him and causing the concussion that that didn't upset Orton so much but getting kicked out of the elimination chamber certainly did um, and so and, and, and tonight he was here to collect I mean it's the same cookie cutter stuff we get from Orton whenever he, he's in these little segments they're not terrible but you know God you can almost write them yourself yeah very very paint by numbers I mean it's it's almost like he's uh, you know he's got a collection of Steven Seagal tapes at home and he's <laughs> He's just writing that stuff down and bringing it to work with him. I mean, it's very, very dry, and uh, you know, it's, it's quite repetitive. But I guess it works for him. He's just lucky that he's able to keep his promises most of the time. Otherwise, he just looks like a real asshole. Yeah, it's true. He's uh, they're kind of John Cena's promos of "I will, I will conquer all," and, and he does. But somehow, it's, I, he doesn't seem to get stale on it. I don't know how he manages to do it. I guess because it's been seen it for years, and it's only been Orton doing this for about a year, a little over a year, that, that we're, we're still forgiving of it right now. That's a commercial fifth match of the night. Justin Gabriel defeating Drew McIntyre at 1 minute 43 seconds. Uh, McIntyre started out fast, was in control for most of the match. Out of no, nowhere, Gabriel, uh, you know, McIntyre lifts him for something, and Gabriel spins and floats around as they're hitting basically like a spinning tornado DDT. He runs to the top rope. Drew pops up. I guess he forgot what was supposed to happen here, or maybe he didn't. I don't know. But he, he popped up and then had to fall back down again. And, and uh, Gabriel hits the 450 splash for the victory. Teddy Long appears on the screen uh, and tells McIntyre he has to let him go. He gave him all his chances. He has to let him go. The crowd starts chanting for him. Uh, you're getting kind of a, a weak, half-assed, uh, not, not, hey, hey, goodbye chant. Um, and honest to God, right here, I drifted off for about 15 seconds, I think is what it was. They, the crowd was chanting, and then I kind of, there's like a blank spot, and then they're introducing the trailer for Edge's new movie. Uh, 
I, that that's how impressive this this. And I don't mean that funny. I honestly, and to be fair, I have I've had a long day. I got up late last night, up early this morning. So I'm not necessarily saying SmackDown put me to sleep, but that's how rough it was. I even I'm sitting here covering it, and I just kind of drifted off for a second because even the firing of Drew McIntyre was not good. It was just it was just boring here. Yeah, and they gave that long, really awkward camera shot on Drew McIntyre after the match. The poor guy, like they expected this loud na 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 chant or something, you know, the goodbye thing, and it just never came. And he just has to sit there looking agonized for like ten or fifteen seconds. It was just like, oh, just take the camera off that guy. But uh, yeah, that's kind of what happened to me too. It was like this blur, and then they were they're on the movie trailer. I, I don't really know what happened in between there. It just, I just kind of, I zoned out for a second. I mean, I don't know, I guess I didn't really fall asleep. I just, it just completely lost interest for it. It was so strange. I, you know, is, is it tragic to say the best part of this match was, and, and so I, I want to give some credit here. I thought the camera angle for the 450 was really awesome, but that was about all it, all that you could say good about this match. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, and, and the, the weird way they got there, too. I mean, that, that weird, uh, DDT and then McIntyre had to like readjust to get into uh, position. It just looked really awkward, but it uh, it definitely set up the camera angle very nice for him. Uh, so so frustrating the middle the middle part of SmackDown this week. Uh, Edge's movie trailer plays that looks pretty good actually. I, I mean I don't know the movie may end up stinking, but I, I thought Edge looked you know pretty good. He's you know some of it he's he's a little bit over the top, but I, you know it seems to me like it might be a pretty about de- at least a decent buddy movie. What, I mean, what do you think? Do you like the way the trailer looks, or do you think it just looks like it's more WWE films garbage? No, I, I thought it looked okay. I mean, you know, Edge is probably the best actor that we've seen, you know, come out of that generation of talent. But, I mean, he, he just looks like he's more charismatic and comfortable on screen than the rest of them have been. So, yeah. I mean, it, it looks like the best that, uh, that they've put out thus far. Yes, no, I, I absolutely agree. He, uh, he, he seemed comfortable. Like, a couple times where he was just kind of, uh, but, you know, again, with trailers, some, a lot of that stuff's out of context. Who knows? I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the film and seeing if it's worth anything. It, it's one of the better promos I've seen for WWE films. So I'll definitely check it out when it comes out. We get a tease for the, uh, the Rock's Return to Raw from last week, a replay of that. And when we came back to the commercial, they do play a video. It recapped the promo. It didn't replay it. We've often seen them just, you know, replay whole segments of The Rock again on SmackDown. Didn't happen this time. Not surprising. I, I you know, I'm, I'm one that didn't think it was a very good promo. I know Jason Powell didn't think it was a very good segment either. You and I have talked about it. You weren't impressed either. Uh, certainly for a Rock promo, it wasn't very good. Um, but they, they did hit kind of the high points. Uh, you can still see the, the marks on the hand. But I, I do find this interesting they didn't do the Kung Pao bitch thing, and they did not, when they did show Cena come out and, and say what he said, but they didn't use the um, the, uh, the the bullet points on his wrist, you know, the, the thing he pointed out about Rock having notes on his wrist, and that was kind of the big ooh moment for everybody with him pointing that out, and it's been very polarizing even within our own forum. Are you surprised that they didn't use that part? I mean, I... I guess the Kung Pao bitch wasn't there maybe because, it, you know, it's not, A, it's kind of silly, and B, it, you know, they didn't want to have to bleep it out again because um, they were bleeping out most of the stuff that happened because that, happened, you know, happened on Raw after 11 p.m. Eastern, uh, which is a totally different time than, you know, 9.30 or 9.45, whatever it was, roughly, Eastern, whenever this played out. Um, 
so I think that's why we left the Kung Pao chicken and Kung Pao fish thing out. But as far as the, you know, the big ooh moment was in pointing out the, uh, the rift thing, A, were you surprised they left it out? And B, does that make you think that possibly that part wasn't a work and that it was actually, you know, Cena wasn't necessarily supposed to say something and he really embarrassed Rock by pointing it out? Well, I mean, it's hard to say. I, you know, I wouldn't think something like that would happen. <laughs> I mean, if it, if it were my scripted television show, I mean, you know, you obviously can't, uh, you know, control people when they got a live camera on them, but it's, uh, I would doubt that something like that was said without, you know, at least it being gone over. But, uh, you know, who am I to say one way or the other? Maybe, it, maybe it did embarrass The Rock. Maybe, you know, maybe that's why it's removed and, you know, out of the can, you know, the canon of this uh, storyline, and as far as video packages are concerned, but you know, I, I I tend to assume when something gets edited out, it's at least done for a reason, and they didn't think it would would help, uh, you know, recap what was the the goal of their storytelling on Monday. Yeah, I I, I was surprised they didn't do it simply because it was such an inflammatory. I mean, it it was the moment that most people talked about. It was. You know, like we had people in our forum calling it classless and uh, and that sort of thing. Other people saying, you know, hey, if you're going to go out there and have it, you know, have, you know, be a big boy about it. Other people saying, oh, it was a work. It was meant to, you know, it was to give Cena an opportunity to make Rock look bad. You know, and and to me, though, that that's where that argument dies. The idea that it was done to give Cena an opportunity to look good over Rock. At least that specific part, the, the notes on the wrist, because if you write that in. Why take it out now? Unless, I guess unless they feel like you did too much damage to Rocker. I could certainly see that being the case because I, I thought it hurt him pretty bad. Um, but, I, you know, I just, it's just interesting that when they had an opportunity to replay it, they don't. They did not include the, the, the biggest moment, I would argue, in that as far as the, the one that got the most reaction from everyone, all the fans online and, and you know, probably within the arena, too. Uh, they cut to Matt Stryker. He's interviewing Daniel Bryan and AJ. Bryan said... Uh, he asked him about fighting with Randy Orton. He said, you know, he kind of blew off Orton a little bit, said, you know, I, I took out Orton before, I'll take care of him again. And then he goes on and says that Sheamus is wrong. He said he hasn't changed since he won that championship. He's the same guy who grew up, um, who was born and raised in Aberdeen, Washington, which is not far from Seattle. The crowd popped for that. He let him cheer for a second and then said, of course, I moved to Las Vegas just as soon as I could to turn it into booze. And I, I thought that was well done on his part. Then he kind of went through what I thought was a very good promo. He said, you know, I'm still a vegan. I'm still a guy who doesn't own a television. I'm still, um, you know, a role model for, for everyone. I'm still the guy who defeated two giants in a steel cage. I'm still the guy who defied the odds and beat five other men in the elimination chamber. And at WrestleMania, I'm the guy who's still going to be world heavyweight champion. I you know, I, it, it, I thought it was a really good promo. It was great intensity. He got, you know, he got kept getting a little bit louder, a little more intense as the promo went on. I, I was impressed here. I, I thought this was a very good promo on his part, and uh, I thought even better than Sheamus's promo to open the show. Yeah, I would agree with you there. I definitely thought it was better than Sheamus's promo, just for you know the sake of intensity. I mean, it, it definitely felt like uh, you know Brian is is resisting, uh, you know, the, the label. And uh, it, it's good for his character to show some fire, you know, not only about, you know, just his title, but, his, you know, his reputation. You know, a cocky heel should take something like that way too seriously. And, of course, you know, that's what he does. And, 
I'm uh, I'm enjoying you know this recent run with this character, and I just hope they can manage to turn it into something really personal between him and Seamus, and uh, that's kind of what this story is missing right now. Yep, I agree. They've, they've got to do something to get those guys out of the stories a little more. It's the it's not a, it's not the title is not enough right here by itself. Usually, I'm I'm the guy that says hey, the title is usually enough, but I, I don't think Seamus winning the Rumble because he was misused for so long leading up to that. Uh, and, and just the nature of Brian's run, I, I don't think it's enough by itself. I think we're both in agreement that they need to make it a little more personal to, to really put that over the top. I think it's going to be a great match at WrestleMania for sure. Randy Orton makes his entrance before commercial. Daniel Bryan makes his afterwards, and we do get the sixth and final match of the night. Randy Orton fighting Daniel Bryan with AJ for an apparent no contest at 9 minutes 43 seconds. Could also have been a disqualification. Uh, on Brian to give Orton the win. We didn't get a, an announcement as far as to what you know, the official uh, word on that was. Uh, one commercial break in the middle of this. Good back and forth match. Um, Brian gets in plenty of offense. Orton gets in plenty of offense. Uh, the finish comes with Orton had hit his rope DDT and set up for the RKO. Brian blocks it, pushes away, and rolls to the floor. Orton follows him down there. They fight some more there on the floor. Orton ends up setting up for another one of his rope-type DDTs. But from the apron onto the ground, onto the, the, the floor, uh, as he's got it hooked and getting ready to do it, Kane's pyro pops. And for me, it was a double scary moment because we get the boom of the of the, the fireball and then the first you know notes of that organ. And then immediately my TV freaks out, this horrible squeal and beeping. And apparently I'm under a tornado warning until 3.30 in the morning. So, uh, that was, I was like, what? Kane broke my damn television. What, what happened there? So I didn't have audio for the rest of the show. And I got it back just as the show went off the air. Uh, I did copy what was said a little bit off of yours. So I'll try to piece this together. Uh, Brian was able to escape from Orton off of that distraction from Kane. He shoves Orton back into the post. Kane comes down and attacks Orton. They battle all over the floor. Back into the ring, um, I, Kane hit a choke slam at one point. I think they, I, I lost video for a second when they put up the big, uh, they listed all the counties that were in the tornado watch. But I, I guess Kane ended up hitting a choke slam right at the end. Is that correct? Yeah, he had. Uh, once they uh, got finished up brawling on the outside, they rolled in and and uh, you know Kane hit a choke slam kind of center ring basically. Okay, all right, that's what I thought and. Uh, Kane grabs a microphone at that point. He kneels down beside beside Oregon, beside Orton, and says, "Welcome back, Randy. Welcome back." Um, and then his music hit again to close out. They cut backstage where John Laurinaitis and David Otunga were watching on the screen. Um, and, and you know, as far as Kane attacking uh, Orton, kind of shook their head or whatever. Otunga said something to uh, to Laurinaitis, and uh, Laurinaitis said that he was going to make the match next week between Kane and Teddy Long's girlfriend Oksana. And that was how the show closed. So I, I you know, again, I thought it was a, a good match from those guys. I'm not going to say a whole lot about what happened post-match, simply because I didn't hear it. And I, I you know, not that, not that I'm questioning that you put down what, you know, what, what happened. It's just I don't feel comfortable, you know, making a judgment call on what was said there at the end, other than just reporting what happened. Uh, but I thought the match was pretty good. It, I don't, it wasn't as good as, as Sheamus and Ziggler, but it was still a very good match. And, um, you know, I, I I'm, I'm tired of, of the no finishes, but it's, it's television. It's what I've come to expect. I just we've seen so much. I think the Punk and, and Daniel Bryan matches over the past week 
were so frustrating because they were so good and we didn't get a finish, and then you get this one that doesn't have a finish. And, and, and it's the right call. You don't want to take heat off of anybody here. But the fan in me just goes, come on, just give me one finish. Just give me something legit. But uh, a good match and, and a good setup, I guess, to get Kane. I guess we'll find out next week or probably on Raw this week why Kane decided to go after Orton. What do you think? Yeah, I'm assuming so. I mean, we have to hear about it. Uh, you, know, you would think that since we have super shows and, uh, you know, Kane and Orton are, are major stars, we're going to hear something from them on Monday, I would think. And, uh, you know, this... Uh, it could be interesting if they do it right. I mean, I, I, just based on what they did with Cena and Kane, I, I just have a hard time believing that we're going to get, uh, you know, much in terms of writing here. Do you think we're basically going to get Kane trying to get Orton to embrace the hate, or are they basically just going to revamp that whole storyline and, and give us essentially the same thing? Uh, I hope not, but they, you know, they still have, uh, you know, Kane kind of doing the horror villain thing rather than, you know, doing the uh, Kane the Wrestler business. So I, I have a feeling we're going to see some of the mind game storylines, but, I, you know, it's impossible to tell until we, we find some more out on Monday. And Kane versus Oksana, that's really the, the, the final match that they closed the show with, or the announcement for that is what they closed the show with. That's, that, that's supposed to be our tease to tune in next week is Kane versus Oksana? Yeah, they had... Uh, Laurenitis and Otunga were standing in front of a monitor, and uh, you know, Laurenitis said that he was—he uh, saw what Kane did. He was impressed, and that they, I mean, he might have been speaking in jest. I mean, when he said, "Maybe I'll make a match next week between uh, between Kane and uh, Teddy Long's girlfriend Oksana." I mean, but his character is so dry. I have no idea whether he was serious or not. <laughs> Well, I guess well, they'll probably hype it on Monday if that's the case. So it'll be, uh, oh, God. So well, for those of you that uh, don't watch SmackDown for whatever reason but do watch Raw, all I can say is, and for Jason Powell, since he'll be covering Raw on Monday, is that I hope to God Oksana shows up and they do more sexual tension, stupidity stuff with uh, with, with Teddy Long there simply because Misery Loves Company. Would you agree? <laughs> yeah, definitely. They can cover that for once. Yeah, just that's that to me. That's the best news about not having Ted Long. As much as I'm not, and even I think Lorne Nice has done a very good job. The, the best part for me is hopefully no Oksana Teddy moments on, on SmackDown next week. We didn't get one this week. It was on telephone, so that was good. Uh, but just not a great SmackDown. Not not an efficient use of time. I think we both agree on that. And uh, a fun main event, a fun opening match, but. Everything else was just kind of blah out there. The, the Cody Rhodes and Big Show announcement, of course, important. And we'll, we will get, I'm sure, the official announcement for Orton and Kane. If not on Monday's Raw, I, I would expect we hear it for sure on next week's SmackDown. I can't think they'd push it out any later than that. Um, so, you know, still a lot of work left to be done for a bunch of different stories uh, for WrestleMania. You've got Daniel Bryan and Sheamus we've talked about. It's not a great story right now. It goes around the Rebel win, and, and that's about it. Um, I think Chris Jericho and CM Punk are in a good place. Of course, that's not on SmackDown. Same with Triple H and, and Undertaker. Rock and Cena has some work to do, uh, but it, you know, that's going to be whatever it is. I mean, that you know, it's Rock versus John Cena. That's that's what they're going with, regardless of the story. But certainly, SmackDown's got some way to go with their title match, with their um, their their second match, their Intercontinental match. That's already, I think, in pretty good shape. And they got to explain what's going on with Kane and Orton, and then of course we'll, we'll find out whatever happens with the GMs 
Uh, that's an assumption that there's going to be a match. We don't know that for sure, but a lot of guys still left to get on the card at this point, but that is all we've got this week for the audio review of SmackDown. Again, this was the March 2nd edition of SmackDown. And one last time before I go, again, we are 28 days from WrestleMania come this Sunday, and that means now is the time to think about signing up. Lots of news breaks, a ton of news breaks, and we get interviews and all kinds of things this time of year. If you've ever thought about signing up for a .NET subscription, now is your time. 750, if you sign up today, 750 will get you all the way through WrestleMania and the Raw the day after. Can't beat that. Time for you to check it out. Head on over to ProWrestling.net. Click on the right-hand side of the page where it says .NET member sign-up, and we will get you started. Access to all the audio each week, the ad-free version of the site, the .NET member forum page, and the .NET member blog page. This is Chris Shore for Jake Barnett saying thank you guys for listening. Thank you for your continued support of ProWrestling.net. We will be back next week with another all-access audio breakdown of SmackDown as the road to WrestleMania rolls on. Thank you guys again for listening. Everyone, take care.